of the Bad Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Krista. Um, I just wanted to thank you guys first and foremost. You guys are really listening to the podcast. I'm really excited. I was checking out my, like, metrics on my distributor, and, like, you guys are actually listening, and I was surprised because I really thought I was talking to no one, but I appreciate every single one of you that listens. I appreciate all of you that submit questions. A bunch of you submitted questions for this episode. Very, very grateful that I'm not just talking into a void. Um, but I have a great guest for you guys this week. Um, her name is Alyssa. She's a coworker of mine. She's a writer, a lesbian, a fellow Scorpio. Welcome, Alyssa. Hello, everybody. Yes. Very sucks. excited to uh, Scorpio this episode up. Yeah, this guy. This is gonna be a good episode, guys. Um, I guess where to start? You're in um, a new relationship, but like it's not even new anymore. That's how, how lesbians yeah. work. So it is new, but it's not new. We have, Please explain. Yeah. So in lesbian terms, we have like the lesbian timeline. So essentially anything in hetero time, six months is kind of like three months for us. So, okay, so it cuts it in half. Yeah, we've been dating for three months. So it's almost essentially half a year. I met the family already. She met mine. The thing is, though, I wouldn't meet someone's family at six months. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think also, so I want to, I also want to take this opportunity to say that despite kind of the normal trajectory that we assume with how relationships should be, uh, me and Haley, we also, I think, are the exception because when it's right, it's right. Yeah, I love it. And you know this, like as a Scorpio, I'm Mm -hmm. very hesitant to be committed because when I commit, I commit. You know, extremely loyal. Same, same. You know, I'm never, I'm never gonna half commit. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna do it if it's not gonna be 100. percent Right. So I've been very purposefully single for a long time, and so this is also one of those rare scenarios when we just we're both honestly sluts. And I love that. We're both queer, and we're both like, it's it's hard to convince us of heteronormative ideas of relationships. So like monogamy and like ultimate commitment. Like why? Okay, okay, so you're not monogamous. We are. You are. But that's what I mean, is that, like, uh, we have to, it has to be right for us to commit to these ideals. I understand. That really aren't made for our community or don't really fit our community as well as others, so. Why do you feel that is? Like, why why would the lesbian community be less prone to monogamy? Like, not even lesbian as much as queer at large. And I don't want to speak for everyone, but yeah. I will say based off of experience in my friend group here, because most of my friends in LA are queer, I would say that um, marriage from a historical standpoint has been made for a man oh, and a woman. 100%. And so a yeah, lot yeah. of these um, kind of ideals for us and these norms aren't really made for our community so yeah so we don't fair. usually subscribe to them as yeah. easily as others and some people do and that's great and some people will never and good for them uh, I'm kind of in the middle and I think my partners as well where you know we live usually such fluid lives that it's kind of hard to convince us so the fact that we're both so gung-ho I think it's more of a testament to us being it just being right as I opposed to it. us moving really fast because right it's right fast is slow I agree with you. That's how I operate, too. I don't know if that's a Scorpio thing. 
It maybe, might be a combo I mean, of a lesbian thing and a Scorpio thing. We're fucking insane. We are Scorpio, insane. So. And like when I am like, oh, I'm really into this person, then it's like balls to the wall. I'm in love. It's immediate. But that's also why I know when I'm not into someone, I'm like, this, this isn't going anywhere. This is not going to develop into something. Right. Because uh, I always know right away. Yeah. There's like this intense self-awareness. With yes, it. exactly. That's really interesting. So that, walk me through, I don't know, your journey when did you realize you were gay? When did... Because you've been with men, right? Oh, right. yes. 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 So, like, when did that... When do you realize that that was, like, no more, I'm good on that? Or is it no more, I'm good on that? No, I think I think it's... Uh, for me in particular, so I'm born and raised in Texas, and so mm. that's a very particular place. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't born... <laughs> right, we love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't born and raised to particularly, uh, not that my immediate family by any means is unaccepting. I'm actually quite privileged and lucky to come from a family that is very progressive, my immediate family. However, um, culturally, I don't come from a place that champions or even, you don't even have exposure to queerness, at least from my age group, right? Right. Um, Being a millennial, we just were not raised with any sort of representation uh, where I was raised in Texas. Yeah. So. And I feel like we had a very similar experience, like similar and not, whereas like I grew up in Ohio, an all white community, and there wasn't a lot of like black representation. It's kind of like Absolutely. We kindred. Had, yeah, I had a very hetero washed and you had a very whitewashed mm-hmm. experience, right? Um, so it's kind of, it took me, I, I wouldn't say late bloomer because, so to answer your question. Yes. I for sure... I don't know if I would say knew I was gay because how do you even qualify as like gay being I'm ready to identify out loud or I'm having right. feelings. I'd say I started having like gay feels in middle school for sure. Yeah, when everyone else has the their feels. Exactly. Yeah. Just normally. Like, oh, why do I feel so close to this person? Or why am I watching Jennifer's bodies? <laughs> Megan movie. Fox and Amanda Seyfried's <laughs> kiss 20 times on YouTube right now. Oh, my God. Why am I watching or, like, reading Hermione and Bellatrix fan fiction? <laughs> oh, my God. I did not know that existed. I, oh. So that's another thing. There's, there's, at least from my age group, now it's amazing. There's a lot more career representation. There's still a long way to go. But... Growing up, I didn't have much queer media, so we had to read into things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't watch something mainstream and see anyone experience my feelings. Right. Right? So, I, so you have to scour the internet right. for your own queer representation. So, yeah, we were constantly Googling, like, Hermione and Bellatrix. And, wow. like, Bella and Alice and Twilight, right? Like, yeah. this is very queer canon kind of stuff, or reading into things a lot, so... That was definitely, yeah, I definitely had feels in middle school. And then um, high school, I became very self-aware later in high school. Okay. um, But knew that Texas was kind of not the place for me to experiment and figure myself out. So I waited until I went to college. Yep. And then I went full-blown dyke. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's awesome because it sounds like you didn't really have personal shame. You were just aware of your environment. Which, yes. Or unless... It was a mix. Yeah. I was raised to feel shame, but... Right. Um, I was raised Catholic, and there was plenty of shame there. Oh, my God. So Catholic. Plenty of shame there. So much shame. Um, but college is definitely when I felt empowered to experiment. Because it was the first time I'd met people who were like, oh, yeah, like, I'm bi. Or I'm queer. And it, it people, was a big deal. 
it's mind-blowing when you hear someone say it out loud without shame or without being isolated or you know in texas like yeah all my all the people i knew who said that like they were outcasted it was crazy to walk into yeah. an environment and i don't want to say texas at large i'm going to say my my experience in my community in a suburb of, of yeah. houston it would be the same i would think in ohio Dayton. yeah in a lot of yeah. other you know places that aren't so progressive Middle and so America, it was yeah. crazy going to college and hearing people just be like yeah like I kiss girls and I hook up with girls and I would marry a girl and it's how I always felt but I never ha- had someone say it and the power of saying something out loud is so strong. It is. Like um, I I was like the I think the only shame really that came with sex for me was uh masturbation because I started super young. Right. But I thought I thought I was literally committing the worst sin every single time. I'm like this imagine like a poor like 13-year-old I started when I was like 10, but I didn't want to freak anybody out with that age. It's kind of young. So let me, let's say 13. And every time you finish, you're just like, oh, no, I'm going to hell. And I thought that every single time. I thought that until I was 19 years old. And I told my boyfriend at the time that I, I was like, I have to tell you something. I was like a confession. And he was like, what are you talking about? I do that every day. Like, what are you? And right. immediately and I was like, oh. Well, this is a woman thing too, right? Yeah. And I feel very passionately about this because um, – I think sexually, sex is about an experience with someone else and about pleasure. Yeah. And so many women are socialized to think sex is for males' pleasure. Yes. And it Ooh, happens let's from... talk about that. Well, it happens from a young age, right? Like yeah. Like, when we were raised, uh, we... We talk about penises and dicks, and we scribble them on school desks. Right. And we talk about them. Jacking off, and we talk about whatever, the yeah. The fact that grown-ass people don't even know where clitoris is, says enough about our sex education. We don't talk, we, we feel dirty talking about vaginas. Mm-hmm. We walk to the restroom hiding a tampon like it's a sin. Right. Like it's bad that we're fertile. Exactly. Like why is that, that's just biology. Right. So men from a young age, they're they're empowered to be sexual creatures. They're like, of course they'll masturbate, boys will be boys. Right. But women, we, it's crazy. We're not raised to think we can masturbate. Yeah. And I think that's probably why we have this. You. I agree. I mean, that, I, I do think that, yeah, sex is all about, you. like you were saying, like there's power in words. There's power in talking about something. And so to have women's pleasure be so taboo is just so counterintuitive to half of the world, like half of the population, right? Which and, is crazy to me. And this transcends gender and sexuality and background. This is something that's just, I think sex at the end of the day is just good communication with someone. Yeah. Before it, during it, after it, because it's at large, it's an experience. Yes. That's what it should be between exactly. two people who want to know what they can do for each other, like what the best thing is for the other person. Right, and this is a resocialization of a lot of the times that we think about sex. In you know, it's unfortunate for young men because from a young age, the only exposure they have to sex is a means to an end. So they'll watch porn, and excuse me for my crude terminology, but it's the truth. They'll watch a video of a guy, you know, have a certain type of intercourse with a woman, and then finish. And then that's it. The video ends. Right. And it's not that that type of sex 
is terrible. It's the fact that that's all the you see. The only thing they're shown. Right. And, and sex is about a mutual pleasure, in my right. opinion. It's about making someone feel good and you feel good and you asking that you feel good and them asking that they feel good and it being a give and take give and, and not take. just exactly. a take. It can't just be a take. But porn shows just the take and that's like almost the purpose of it. Like it seems like sometimes some of this porn is literally the sexy part about it is that it's a take. Right. It is that the girl is kind of unwilling and like you have to play coy and it's like, I don't really like do this. And it's right. just like, why is that even, why should that be part of sex? That doesn't make any sense. And it should just be play. Yes. You know, I think... Because I'm someone... I'm someone who's very submissive in bed. Like, pretty... And I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I wonder if that's just because I'm kind of lazy. But that's not... No, that's not true. I'm just very <laughs> submissive in bed. And I do like to be objectified by my partner who I've previously determined has a lot of respect for me who I've made clear that that's okay, but I will say that, like, I do enjoy, you know, a little bit of the object- objectification. I enjoy dirty talk, where the kind of content is more take from the guy. I think right. it's hot, and probably because of what I grew up watching, too. But at the same time, it requires, like, if there's a guy who I don't feel respects me doing that, he's le- I'm kicking him out of my house. Like, it's a completely different thing. Absolutely. Well, and I think this is... You know, and excuse me for um, making this kind of like overtly intellectual, but it's the same thing with feminism. Right. And that if you want to be a housewife, if you want to have that quintessential white picket fence American dream of I am the maternal caretaker and I'm going to sit at home and be a great wife, honestly, if that's really what you want, good for fucking you. Get it, girl. Literally that's go for fierce. it. Do it. I love that. It needs to be your choice. It shouldn't be what you're forced to be. And I think that's the mission of feminism is that, oh, well, if I'm going to be a housewife, well, that's my empowered choice. Exactly. But it shouldn't be my only choice. And I think that is sex, right? Like, if you want to be objectified. And, and I do, boys. Sexy, no, I'm kidding. And, well, no, better not. Have but if first. that's your yes. kink, then, like, fucking get it, girl. Right? Exactly. But it's your choice. And I think that's where communication comes in, is the context of knowing that someone respects you. Yes. Oh, and this reminds me. And, and, and so I'm going to say straight up, like, and my girlfriend has no qualms about this because she's okay, just good. as open as me. Good, good, good. Scorpio Taurus pairing. Yes, very Scorpios. Fixed, very yeah. cosmically. Wait, she's a Taurus. Yes. God, that's perfect. I know it's perfect. Fuck, I need to find and, a Scorpio. <laughs> I'm gonna stop fucking with these Virgos. I'm ruining my life. But <laughs> like, it's one of those things where, um, and we're very open about our sex life, obviously. Yeah. But like, we both enjoy, to a certain extent being objectified within play Mm -hmm. we know that i mean she's my world i admire her more than anyone i respect her more than anyone like i i just can't even believe she exists and that i deserve a love like that talk about me like this oh my god in that context though we allow each other to kind of slap each other on in bed and say like you know say because this is something that you both find enjoyable and fun it's so why not have some play, fun? Yeah. But it's not the norm, and it's not real. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah, if I want someone to call me a dirty little slut, I would hope 
that they don't actually think. Right, on the it's play slide. in bed, and that's due to a certain communication you have beforehand or yes. or, or during or during or during. And I think that's the thing at large is that sex is communication and that good sex is is communication. Yeah, I truly think that, we were just talking about this, I truly think that bad sex, for the most part, is due to just a lack of communication, a lack of a guy's willingness to communicate, but also a lack of a woman's, like, confidence to communicate. And this is, okay, so if there are male viewers out here, take it I from a... I hope so. I think there it, are. I think okay, there are. Okay, there are? Okay, guys, take it from a lesbian. Yes. Ooh, you guys are sexy. You guys are beautiful. If you want to have good sex, just ask. Literally ask. What do ask they any want? This? Where okay. is their clit? That's what How I, I got to let like you guys it? know. Because also, we both know, as people who like women, when a woman is turned on, what is sexier? So if you're making someone, and apart from being gay like anyone when you have sex and you turn someone on and it's working and you can see them having a good time and you can see that they're gonna finish like yep. what is sexier yep. so just ask it's not and also science. women it really please stop faking science. it oh my god women to give them that satisfaction orgasms. that they don't earn <laughs> and please stop and please i have to tell stop. women like i get it it's Sometimes convenient to fake it. What if you're tired? Yeah. I'm so You've guilty of faking I'm day. so guilty of faking we it. I've all, done it so many we times. All are. Yes. But we need to stop because it's not teaching anybody anything. But this it's not doing brings up favorites. a great point because I do need to update the listeners. Yes. You guys, drum roll please. I got laid. Hey, what's up? Hey. It happened. <laughs> what's going on, guys? Your girl Chris is here and she has sex. Um it was great. He was really good. And the reason it reminded me of that is because he literally made it a point to ask, like, what do you like? What do you, like, want me to do? It was, like... A concept. Communication. I was, like, Just oh! Ask. And I brought out my spreadsheet. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't put it past me to have a spreadsheet. But, like, I told him, like, very plainly, like, oh, I like this, I like this. The one thing I did tell him was I like dirty talk, and I clearly he's not someone who likes dirty talk because he just didn't do any of it. But he tried. But he tried a little bit. He did. He tried a little bit. And it didn't really come natural to him. He wasn't bad at it, but he just didn't do it very much. And I realized in that moment that that's kind of something I need. And I don't know why. I, I need someone to be good at that and, like, be comfortable doing that. Eh, we, whatever. Well, no. N- not particularly. It's not what I, Like, we all have non-negotiables. Yeah. I don't know if it's a non-negotiable. I just would have, I think, enjoyed it more if he was more into that well, aspect. I think something to conf- be more vocal. Yeah. And if he tries and yeah. so and say if you were really like, oh, this is my person and this is one thing that's if kind I felt of that a way, qualm, yeah. then if they just really worked at it, yeah. then it could be something that could work eventually. Exactly. Maybe. I don't know. We don't know. But I don't think I don't think it's my person, but I do I don't know why. I feel like I owe you guys a like a full update. Okay, so we we Went on a date. He took me to dinner. It was really nice. He was a gentleman. It was an expensive dinner. Like, they didn't have the prices on the menu. Like, that... Have you ever been to a restaurant where the prices are not on the menu? Yeah. I have anxiety, but I knew he was paying for it, but I was just like, I don't know what I can order. So I ordered just, like, some regular, like, ragu pasta. <laughs> I was so scared. But... That's kind of sexy, though, for someone to take you to a place where there's not a price. It was. And he goes, oh, I actually don't think this place is that expensive. I'm thinking, there's no way this dinner is less than, like, $150. Like, there's just no way. 
I think the main and I thing did is like it. not about bank account. Right. Because fuck that. Date someone you like really want to date. Right. And if they're really there for you, but like it's confidence. It was yeah, I was that like confidence huh. is hot. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, hey, or whatever you want. And I'm like, he's like the you waiter comes back, he's like, Do you want us another glass of wine? I just kinda look at him and he's like, Yeah, I'll have another glass of wine. I'm like, Oh, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. So he's a gentleman. And like I said last week, I felt very safe with him and he respects me a lot. So that's why I was like, Yeah, let's go for it. We're gonna right. do this. And he was really good in bed. It's just, I think it was missing, sex is so mental for me, and it was missing this, like, element of fireworks and, like, lustful, animalistic. I just, like, didn't really feel that, unfortunately, with him. And I wanted to, but I think, like, we connected, but it was more on a platonic level that I felt. And I still was like, okay, but this is, like, a very nice guy who has respect for me and is like wanting to sleep with me and I want to sleep with him so like let's go for it but it just wasn't there weren't fireworks I was just like "Mm, okay and that's okay yeah I guess I just haven't hooked up with anyone in a very long time and I'm impatient and oh are you a Scorpio I am a Scorpio oh my god no kidding yes retweet so Mm, you have the same shit it's a mess it's a mess what's the rest of your chart look like I'm a Scorpio, okay. Sun, Mars, and Mercury. So we're it's both a fucking a mess. Yeah. And so for viewers or listeners, sorry, it's podcast. It is a out podcast. There, yes. Um, a stellium means that you are three or more of mm-hmm. the same sign, which means it's very dominating. So Chris and I are both stellium Scorpios, which yep. is a. V- <laughs> it's a fucking mess. If that's what you like, then you're welcome. You if are it's welcome. If that's not what you like, then we're very <laughs> then sorry. Then run. We're very sorry. Because we're a lot. Yes, I agree. It is uh, my sun in my Venus. Ooh. Which is Scorpio Venus, I think, is a great placement. My, It's the best, I think, for yeah. Scorpio. It's love and pleasure. Yeah. It's a it's a good it's a good love and pleasure. And then uh, Jupiter. I actually have four. Jupiter is what? And then... Let's look it up. Yeah, let's look it up. Okay, so for mine, Mars anyway, is sex and aggression, Mercury's communication, Sun is like you as a, a person, your core. And I'm just like a fucking sex crazed, jealous, passionate Scorpio for all of those things. So I require like fireworks when I sleep with someone. So when that doesn't happen, I'm just like, mmm. And what but what I would ask people is to Okay. For sex, if you're just having casual sex I don't expect people to um, require fireworks, but if yeah, it's your monogamous, but I don't have casual sex, so the thing. Monogamous lifelong partner. Yes. Do not settle, please. We're begging because I know it feels sometimes too much to ask, but truly, truly, there are seven billion people yep. on this planet. Overpopulation. Let's be freaking honest. There is someone... Overpopulation, for sure. But yes, there's plenty. There's someone who can rock your world. Yes! Oh, my God. And who gets you and knows you. It's so necessary. That's such an important message. There's someone who will truly, like, you will be mind-blown afterwards. I agree, and sometimes... If you don't know what we're talking about, that means you have not found that person, and you should keep looking. I'm being dead-ass. I'm not here to ruin relationships, but at the same time, if you don't know what we're talking about, you're not with the right person. I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Like, I am prepared to marry my girlfriend, Haley tomorrow, yesterday. I'm prepared to marry her yesterday. I love this. 
No, it's true. Like, I, I just can't even believe I deserve it. You do deserve it. Why don't you believe you deserve it? Okay, so here's the thing. Like, yeah. I know I do. Right. There's a logical knowing of, like, okay, like, I do my best. I'm a good daughter. I'm yeah. A, I'm, a, I'm a good friend. I'm a great partner. But cosmically, I'm like, how did this woman walk oh. into my life? So casually. Because I remember when you met, too. You're just like, oh, I got a date with this dancer. <laughs> I remember when it was that casual. Guys, guys, she's a professional ballerina. Yes. And she is so beautiful. <gasps> and she is so I calming and rejuvenating. I end up with this and talking to me or talking about uh, me like this. Guys. And y'all like, let me know and he's not the one. Okay? That's guys, beautiful. No, she's literally like... Everything. I just can't even believe it that she exists. That makes me so happy. And it's not that it's perfect. Like, of course we have moments we fight. She doesn't know who the Kardashians are. Of course it's not perfect. I'm I'm so kidding. No, (laughs) but like, sexiest thing in the world. Guys. Yeah, she loves it. I'm just confused. Hey, no, no, no. I'm dating a Martian. (laughs) She doesn't know what The Bachelor is. I'm so confused. The Kardashians. We saw Margot Robbie in an airport, and she was like, who's the actress from Wolf of Wall Street? I'm so confused by it, but, like, go off, sis. Go off, sis. Um, Honestly, am I better for knowing who the Kardashians are? Probably not. So. It might be worse. <laughs> it might be worse off. <laughs> I like them. I do, I do defend them. They're very smart businesswomen, and I truly respect that. Kris Jenner is a Scorpio smart businesswoman. She's a Scorpio? Yeah. I've never been prouder to be a Scorpio. I don't no, Chris is a genius. I, I love, as a person who who has a master's degree in marketing, Chris Jenner is an icon. An icon. She spun Chris Jenner's her daughter's legacy like no one else could. I truly feel she is an icon, and I'm so happy to find out she's a Scorpio. Okay, I have, I have a question for you. This is um, from a single sad person, if you can still relate to our, our oh. lives, even though you're in love. <laughs> okay. Actually, through this podcast, I had, I think I talked about this in episode one. I had so many dudes, once I announced that I was having this podcast, like slide into my DMs and they were like, oh, am I going to be on the podcast? And honestly, some of them were going to, and I didn't want to tell them that. But this one was not going to be on it, probably. And we started talking again. So I think we're going to hook up again when I'm home. But I need to figure out how to, like, how do I broach this? How do I, like, initiate? We kind of already established, but this is, like, a month or two ago that we established that we were going to, like, see each other. So, essentially, you're saying home for the holidays. Yeah, but I'm only in his city for one day. I fly into a different city than I live in, one that I used to live in but not where my hometown is. And so I fly in there for one night, and then I'm driving to my hometown after that, like, an hour and a half. Okay. So there's only one night, and it's Friday. Do I, like, send a snap? What do I do? Well, you want it. Yes. Yes. I'm okay. fully willing. You, you want to have sex. Yes. Okay. He was fun. He was really fun. So. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if they're If you're listening. To... If you're listening, this is my hint. We're going to um, fuck on Friday. <laughs> my opinion is if they're bold enough to ask so premeditatively, so early, about, yeah, like, you know, hitting you up like that, then I would... When you're there, say, hey. So I wait till I'm there. Or do I send a snap like today or tomorrow? I think whatever feels right. We're not really like I really don't think that makes a difference. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think this is a thing 
is that we like want these guidelines for like it's this way or the highway. That's so fair. I don't think it makes much of a difference. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> Not I think the, I think it's more of like you if you spend time together and if it feels right, then it's going to happen. So like you go to a bar, you get drinks like, "Hey, I'm in town tomorrow. Let's go get a beer." Or like, "Hey, I'm here right now." I've never doing? spent one-on-one time with him besides sleeping together. <laughs> We always hang out. We, like, have the same friend group back in the city. Is it's, it too it's my bold college to, town. Is it too bold to say that's what you want? Just be like, show up. Here's the thing. I got myself a hotel. Why? I'm so Why? excited. I have a question for the entire world. Why can't we just tell someone we want sex? Because I like to feel a little bit pursued. No, you. Yeah, that's me. And I me like to too. feel a little oh, bit too. pursued. And I'm not even speaking for me because me too. I need like Scorpios. Yeah, like buy me Game. a drink first. Like be a little bit charming. Yeah. Crack some jokes, try to make me laugh, and then yeah, I'll fuck you. But can't we just be like... <laughs> that sounds so simple. I <laughs> crack, a couple, <laughs> crack a couple jokes, buy me a drink, I will fuck you. Let's go. Like that's where I'm at. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's really a question for the world. Like, is it wrong? No, it's not. To just be like... You want to fuck? Oh, no, and I've done that. It's not wrong. But at the same time, I we think... We don't normalize it. We don't normalize it. That's what I mean. That's fair. From women. No. Yeah, men can send the you up text all they want, and we're just like, maybe we'll respond, maybe we won't. But women, they're thirsty. I got called just because I like sex, and just because I was, you know, you know, looking for good people to sleep with... I had a friend of mine who I did end up hooking up with at one point say that I was the thirstiest girl he knows. And I was like, I don't think I deserve that title. Or maybe I do. But just because I'm open about being like, well, I want to fuck this guy. Why not? But the thing is, I need them to show a little effort. I can't let them know I want to fuck them too quick because then they don't put any effort and then I'm turned off and I don't want to fuck them anymore. But I already told them I want to fuck them. And so I'm in this crazy dynamic where I'm just like never mind because you didn't try hard enough even though you already knew I wanted to sleep with you. Am I the worst? I think that, to be honest. No, because I think the term thirsty is the grossest term because like, I agree. I was like I'm not thirsty, I just like sex. Exactly. Like what's wrong with being thirsty? Yeah. Don't you it like sex? How you navigate it. If you're thirsty and scummy. Right. And you, like, don't respect someone's boundaries or you're just, like, snapping them generic things or you're, like, in a relationship or they're in a relationship and you're being thirsty and, like, then, okay, gross. But, like, if you just want to have consensual sex some night with someone, then what's wrong with being thirsty? Exactly. I'm, I miss, like, like yeah, 2017 I'm, I'll be open. Krista who was more open to this stuff. Well, no. I'll be open. I'll be like, yeah, some nights I'm fucking thirsty. Yeah. I go out and I'm like, who is it gonna be? That hasn't happened in a, in a, in a long time. So right. let me not. And within a, a relationship but, context, yeah. I'll say it's like, oh, like, yeah, we'll have phone sex. Or yes. we'll come over. Or whatever. This same dude demanded nudes from me more times than I can fucking count. So I'm like, you call me thirsty yet you want my nudes. Hmm. Huh. I wonder what that's about. You know. Maybe you're thirsty. He is. He, his standards are so low. Not, yeah. not for me, though. He was blessed by me, but this guy. <laughs> the this guy. Scorpio response <laughs> of all time. Oh, that was fun. And then it wasn't. Anyway, should we do questions? Questions. We have so many questions. I'm, like, so honored you guys asked me questions. 
it makes my day because then it shows people are listening and it makes me happy. Okay. Someone asked, what's the most common fear in sex for women that they shared with you and how did they overcome it? I, I don't know that that many people shared like sexual fears with me, but I, I would guess from observation, well, first of all, fear, he, English isn't his first language, so I think by fear he meant insecurity, but fear is that okay. they're going to get murdered. I'm always worried I'm going to get murdered with a man. I never hooked up with a woman. But when I'm, when I wake up at a guy's house, my first thought is, oh, I'm still alive. Is that a bad thought? I'm not going to say it's bad or good. What I will say is to men, this is common. And take a fucking mental note of this. And know to be conscientious that this is a, a genuine real, fear. Genuine and not simply really genuine, but valid. Yes. Like, fear. I don't care how nice you think you come off as. Ted Bundy also came off as very nice. Jeffrey Dahmer, to other men, came off as charming guy. and nice. And so I don't care how cool. charming you are. If it's the first time I'm at your house, I'm spending the night, I wake up. And I'm marveling at the fact that I am alive. That's... <laughs> I think this is a wake-up call to take this into consideration. Yeah. And I'm... I don't no know how... I don't accusing have accusing you. No one's saying you make people feel this way. But maybe, apart from you, this is a woman's socialized trauma. Yes. Of feeling this way. And so let's just take that into careful I'm consideration. I'm be offended if they say, are you going to murder me now? Like I've said to multiple guys. Um, but okay, but I think he meant that, insecurity. Right, like actual, a sexual, say we take all that away. Yeah, and I think we he have meant insecurity. Insecurity. I would say, I mean, I, I think body issues would probably be the number one for most women. I'm more insecure about my hair. Because I wear wigs, and I'm like, does this guy know it's a wig? If I take it off, is he going to fucking freak out? Like, I don't know. But I do think, like, body issues is, like, a very common and probably the main insecurity, I would say. Or maybe Huge. not coming fast enough. Or or coming at all. Or coming at all, yeah. I definitely think body is a huge fear of a yeah. lot of women. Of knowing, of being like, oh, do I look good right now yeah like, and that's sexy right now and that's really unfortunate it's so unfortunate it just um, i'm it takes you out of it especially when i'm worried like if i have a wig on and i'm making out with someone i'm just i'm worried about it and it takes me out of it and then i'm not enjoying it anymore so i can only imagine like oh is this position flattering like that's just it's not worth thinking about it's really not if a guy has the nerve to be like uh, you look gross in this position like First of all, murder him. Don't. I'm not calling for murder. But that's ridiculous. And no, I don't think anyone would do that. Mainly because I'd be interested to know how many men feel that way. I don't think any men feel that way is the thing. I don't know, but I'd be interested to know. Yeah. That it's probably not, it's prevalent. I've heard from multiple, like, guy friends that, like, they don't really give a fuck. And they're just excited to be there. The good ones, at And least. I think this is the thing. It's like, it's it should be about how we feel. It should be about how we feel and not how we look. 100%. And this is, I think, a fear with women. And I think this fear, in my personal opinion, as a queer woman yeah. who has sex with a lot of women, not um, not to be like, I have sex with a lot of women, but like um, no, but who yeah. has and who predominantly has sex with women, um, to rephrase that, to not sound like such a fucking cunt. <laughs> um, you did not sound like a cunt, but anyway. I think a lot of that is naturally taken away because we find it to be a safe space in which I'm not going to be evaluated on how I sound like when I moan 
and what my stomach looks like when I'm on top. Yeah. And all these things, or do my legs look fat? Like, because <sighs> there is this in this mutual respect between each other and this unspoken respect. Yeah. We don't... It, You're not really worried about... It's not something that pops in your head. And I just think... It's not going to take away from the orgasm. Exactly. Exactly. You're not going to be, or, you're not going to orgasm and be like, do I look good? Like, And how are you when supposed my to orgasm when you're worried me, about how you look? Right. How, literally, how would that happen? When my girlfriend makes me come, it's because I am completely in that moment. Yes. And I'm not taken away from this insecurity. And yes. I'm not going to say this is a men thing. I'm really not. I'm going to say it's a person-to-person thing. It's taking right. con- into consideration. I think it's, but I do think like body issues are the probably the biggest thing holding women back. So I think that's a really good and thoughtful question, and I appreciate that. And honestly, I was surprised you listened to the podcast. So like, I'm very grateful that you submitted a question. But um, I would say to combat that, compliment the woman something about her, like be like, oh my god, you look so sexy right now, or just like something to put her at ease where she doesn't oh, have yeah. to worry about. Do you find her sexy in that position? Oh, because so she something. knows. Yeah. Like, yeah, you look so fucking hot right and now. And she'll be like, yes, I do, bitch. And then she'll come. Um, That's not quite how it might work. But I think that's the way to combat it. I'm sure you want to know how to tackle it if you ask the question. So because I do appreciate here's the thing, you asking yeah, the question. Especially, yeah. like, asking the question, that means that you're in that position. Yeah, this is a guy who asked the question. Okay, I think that's a good answer. I hope we answered your question. Um, someone asked, most appropriate time to converse on where he finishes if y'all going at it raw. <laughs> That's a quote. <laughs> um, can I take this? This is a man asking as well. Yes, you can. Please, I take this? Please. Okay. She moved closer to the mic. She wants you I to did. hear no. this. She wants you to hear this. This is very important. <laughs> where you should finish if it's raw. Fucking ask. Yeah. When should they ask? Before. Before the act happens? Before the sex happens, I mean. In my opinion, yes, and here's why. Okay. For some people, this might seem extreme. Like, oh, why would I ruin the moment? Here's why. I, ha- I take a huge issue with the fact that women who get pregnant unwillingly and who need to have abortions or who need to do things that women need to do whenever they're impregnated. And I'm going to use the term impregnated because it wasn't just her decision. It takes two to tango. Okay. Yep. Here's the real tea. A woman can have as much sex as she wants and never get pregnant. Unless. Ever. Unless a man decides Mm -hmm. to willingly irresponsibly come inside of her. A man could impregnate a hundred women in a day. And but a woman cannot get pregnant a hundred times no, a day. No, a woman can have sex a hundred times a day and never get pregnant. Yep. So. That's really men's problem. <laughs> like, it should be. And I mean, this goes, I mean, we could be here all night. Oh, we yeah. can go into abortion laws. We can go into just in general, just sex and health. Yep. But if a woman says, come on my chest. That's where you're doing it. <laughs> That's where you're doing it. There's no question. I, I wonder, but you're asking when. He's open to the direction. Okay, and that's when. true. Let me, but real quick. Yeah, yeah. Because I think this isn't talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Is that a woman really can have as much sex as she wants and not get pregnant. 100%, yep. So to men out there, 
your five seconds of pleasure without a condom to finish inside a woman is not more important than her financial well-being. Oh, my God, no. Nope. Than her, like, health. It is not. Than her body. Certainly not. Than her decision to have an abortion. Yep. Right? So if all. she asks for you to come on her chest, please just come That's where, on her chest. Well, I've never had the experience where someone, where I've told someone not to come inside me and they did. I, and I know that happens to people. Right, so but I'm going to. thank God I've never had that experience. I would be furious. Why I, I might it. have I to, and I'm just going to be open with your listeners, yes. why I feel so much passion is because it's happened to me twice in which I've actually had two miscarriages. Oh, my God. Because I've had men come inside of me when I told them not to, and I, I speak this openly because I know, based off my personal experience in my friend group and at large, that I'm not the only one. Uh, so, I mean, like... Yeah, it's just not worth... Like, who are you to decide that that's what I should go through? Right. And so, now, moving away from that... Yeah. But talking so about this, this one... open to... Direction. Now that so I got that out of the way, where because so I think really that important. is very important. Oh my god! If anyone listening is doing that, or tell your friends. I don't think anyone listening to this. I think if you have enough, if you're a man and you're listening to this, you probably want information, and you're not the type of person to do that. I need you to tell your friends. Need you to tell your friends Please. not to do this. Please. But he's asking. I when? do want direction. When should we talk about it? Should it be before? During? Immediately. Should it be before? The sex even starts? Of course, because what if it happens during or after? How do we bring it up? How do we bring it up? Do we say, well, if you're not on birth control, I need you to disclose that immediately, especially if you're not using a condom. Well, first of all, if you're not on birth control, I need you to use a condom. But apart from that, if you're a man and you don't have the conversation before, then do not come inside of her. For sure. I think that's a given. And I was talking to a friend about this, and she did not think it was a given. And I was like, no, if we didn't talk about it, you shouldn't be... That's great. You have no idea for you if I'm even on birth control. Right. Of course. I and this is my personal opinion. Okay. Say okay. Let's yeah. make this as realistic as possible. Yeah. Okay. It's a one night stand. Mm-hmm. One night stand. You're both you don't at the know club. Their status. You're drunk. Ooh, yeah. You both club. consensually Get want it. to fuck each other. Yep. The responsibility in my I don't humble, like a hype man in this situation. Yup, yup. <laughs> but my response, like, I don't know. My opinion, in my humble opinion, mm-hmm. is that if that's the case, men do not come inside of her. Absolutely not. You cannot assume. You cannot If you are not assume. willing to have the conversation because you think it's going to ruin the mood. Because you think it's not worth it. Because the opportunity did not present itself okay. I will hear you out. If that's the case, do not Err come on the side inside of, of her. That's the opinion. Yeah, I think that is the answer. So, yeah, if you don't want to ask, if it doesn't come up and you don't know the right segue, do not come inside this person. Exactly. You have no idea. I have friends. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to scare you guys. The men listening. I have friends who are not on birth control. Sleep with people without a condom. Tell them they're on birth control. And just take plan what? B the next day. I I didn't know what to do when my friend told me this. I was like, I'm sorry, you did what? You told him what? There are women. I'm telling you. You cannot just assume, okay? You need to be careful. You don't want a baby either, right? So just don't assume. Just don't, just don't come inside 
anyone, really. Actually, I just don't think anyone should be doing that unless they're ready for a baby. I really just don't. Even if you're on birth control. Birth control is fallible. I really don't think anyone should be coming inside anybody unless they're ready for a baby. Or unless it's a conversation you have. And so your oh, question that's too is... Stressful. Your question is, I'm sorry, we've took a yes, not sorry, to apologize. Yes. Uh, you, we took a segue. Your question is, when do we have that conversation? Don't do it. My phone's kind of okay. I think if my you have phone, a yeah, like if you feel like you can't have the conversation, which I applaud you. Please have the conversation. Yeah. Because from the beginning of the theme of this episode, good sex is good communication. Yes. So if right off the bat, even, and I promise it's not going to take away from a one-night stand, just be like, can I come on your chest or come on my chest or whatever it is? Like, do it. I, I, I Right? But, but the thing like, is, but do I not think that sounds more natural okay. happening midway through the acts where they feel like they're getting close and they're like, oh, where am I supposed to do this? And I, I do understand that it might be too much to ask for someone in that state to remember to ask. Right. So I do think our initial advice to just don't come inside them regardless i think that's important but if you can remember during the act like oh you feel like you're getting close that's when you ask where should i come can i come on your chest can i come on your ass it can takes I come? less than a second i vote during the act i don't know if that's bad advice i don't even know if it's a vote i just really think it just doesn't take much effort yeah and, it, yeah. and if it's embarrassing then should you be having Should sex you with be someone having sex. where it's exactly. embarrassing if you're to ask them? If you're willing think. to be the most physically connected to someone else as you can be, then you should also have the courage to ask. I agree. Can I impregnate you possibly someone or not? said that to me in high school. It's Michaela, just I love like, you. She said something. She said, if you don't feel comfortable talking to someone about sex, why, sh- why would you have sex with that person? She said that to me in high school. She was younger than me. I was like, oh, No, it's beautiful. Brilliant. And this and this shouldn't be a shaming thing. This should be a realization yeah. thing. If like, you can't communicate about it, take a minute. Reevaluate. Figure out why before you have sex again. Because you should be able to talk about it. Yeah. I think we and answer that. I know me and I know a ton of women who have been irresponsibly Oh yes. Dealt with ejaculations and it's like what I can't even imagine the violation what did you think when that happened you had told him not to do that and he did it yes so what what was your like walk me through like what was the feeling like were you furious I would I I think I would kill him I don't know I don't know what I would do um fear I I think the interesting thing is it was um presented as an accident and it's like that yeah I can see how easy they can say that yeah but I hate it it doesn't count emotionally manipulative right yeah um but yeah like just or it's the norm or that happens when i think the difference is like if you feel like you're more intimate with someone then you don't do it without a condom and i think the only way that's the case is if you're in that relationship or you uh, you talk about it beforehand if i'm with someone and it's a one-night stand and they and they decide to do that oh my god right and and that was the case Twice. That's crazy. But I know a lot of women who have dealt with that too. Yeah. So, to answer your question, please, if you have no verbal clarification, do not assume it's okay to just come inside of a woman. Please don't. You will make a baby that you are not ready for. And you will make a baby that she's not ready for. Yeah. I agree. I think we, I think we answered that. I think that's a very clear. Men... Don't fucking assume. Okay, 
Um, they asked another question. Everyone is different, but what position is the most optimal for comfort and which for dot, 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 force? <laughs> this is my friend that submitted this, and you're weird, and I love you. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Um, he says, so which is the best position for comfort and which for force? I would say, okay, my favorite position is woman lying on stomach, like laying flat. And the man having sex from behind. So it's not, it's like doggy style, but you're laying down. It's more lazy. I'm lazy. I think that's, um. I think you might. No, but that's just like, hold on, everyone, everyone. Chris is not lazy. She's just a bottom. I'm 100% a bottom. Okay, so we're just going to (laughs) say. Oh my God, thank you. Chris says a bottom. Thank you. I love that. I love claiming that title. Okay, I'm a bottom. And that's the best position for me because, one, I'm laying down. Two, the angle is actually very conducive to an orgasm. And also, I can reach down. I can rub the clit. Or you have a good angle. You can rub the clit. And I'm definitely going to come that way. And I think that's a bet. And that's a very comfortable position. So that's what I say for comfort. For best force, position. if you're trying to go, like, rough, it depends on your penis size. Because doggy style could be best for rough, but if it's too big, then your cervix is right there, and that can be very painful. And in that case, I would say missionary, even though that sounds so boring, but I would say missionary is the best position. Or, like, missionary, but, like, female's legs up on the guy's shoulder. Or, am I describing this well? I don't know. No, you're fine. Yeah, no, yeah. you're doing great. I, I would say if she's going to be on top, and you would do any of those positions, it's within her control. Yes. Let her control it. Yes. Because here's the real tea. Men, if a woman constantly wants to be on top and she's grinding you, that also means she's probably stimulating her own clit. Yes, 100%. So let, and there's, That's no, a good position as and well. there's no shame in that. No. Let her do it. Let her do it. So. I also think guys like that because they usually they have to do a lot of the work. And yeah. so I think they do prefer that. And that's a fun position her as do well. It. Let her so, do yeah, it. So, yeah, let that happen. I mean, and even my girlfriend, like, we'll have sex and we'll both come a good amount of times within the night. Right. Um, but I know there's some point with a strap that she wants to just be on top and just do it for herself. And I'm like, hell yeah. Can I ask? Do it. Are you using the strap most of the time? No. Okay. I wouldn't think so, but I don't know. And I don't mean that to be like a no, like... Uh, we don't like dick. No, no that's not what we is. like the strap. Right. Because pleasure is pleasure. And penetration feels good. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, um, it's a thought. So right. usually sex for us, and I, it's, it's just a thing that naturally happens. Right. So we're having sex. And so in the middle of a normal sex with, with, like, just having sex with anyone, you're not like, oh, wait, let me grab the strap. Right. Right. It's more of a thing that just kind of happens. Yeah, 100%. I, we had an episode where I talked about toys, and I think that's, like, the same thing. It's just kind of, like, just yeah, naturally I don't think it's innovate. a gay thing. I think it's a yeah. toy thing. Right. Of, like, it doesn't oh, come up. you're planning to use it or it just comes up. But if not, like, it's just a normal night out with each other, and you get home from dinner, and you're really love each other and you just want to fuck then like you're not thinking like pull let's it out. make sure unless i get the strap right exactly unless unless like, about it. i'm in the mood for the strap it's just let's a toy go. thing right. right so whenever you feel like it i think that makes sense i mean i guess my personal preference if you want to be like super rough missionary or the missionary version where the legs are up on the shoulders mm-hmm. and then if you want to have comfort you can also do that in missionary 
but I would prefer it where the girl's laying down. That should have a name because I've talked to guys and they also like that position because that makes the, um, <laughs> am I getting too anatomical? That makes the vaginal canal more um, tight when the girl's laying there with her legs together. So that feels tighter for the guy mm-hmm. that has to feel better. And I've talked to guys who have agree- like co- corroborated this suspicion. And I, that position doesn't have a name. And I think it needs a name. What should we name it? Let's uh, do that. Uh, I don't know. I love it. But we'll either way, whatever what it's we'll called, it. that's, I think, the best position. Am I, I'm, I am a little lazy. I don't give a fuck. Most men don't deserve all my effort. So that's how it is. We can agree with this. Okay, so I have one question that is an email question. It's a little bit more in-depth, but it's not that crazy. Okay, it's from a girl. Earlier this year, I moved to NYC for work closer to a girl who was interested in me. However, I was so stressed with work that I wasn't in a good headspace for a relationship. Six months into my new job, I feel much better and more confident and ready for a relationship, but now she has cold feet and wants to, to just stay friends. Any advice? That's unfortunate. It is. And, That's unfortunate. Um, my advice for a situation is to just really follow that. Yeah. Like, if if they have cold feet and they're not ready, then believe it. Yes. They're, they're because, not going to. Yeah, I agree. And here's a, here's a real thing for me is, like, um, when you're single and you're kind of looking for something you start to make a lot of excuses. Mm -hmm. And you start to think like, oh, like this is fine or this is not fine. But when you know it's right, it's right. Yeah. And someone who has cold feet with you or is kind of confused or is not ready, there's no blame to them because I'm sure there's a really valid reason for it. That's Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But also take that seriously. I agree, yeah. Don't Don't think they're just saying it. Don't base your life upon them. Like, do you? Definitely. And I'm sure you might hear this, especially because you said you had the cold feet initially. And you might hear this and say, well, then I changed my mind. And hey, maybe that's going to happen, but you really can't count on that. And I will say as someone, if I was in the position of her that you're emailing about, and I like bore my soul and I was like, I want to date you. And the person was like, I'm not really ready right now. I would feel very rejected. I would be very hurt. And it sounds like you guys kept in touch. You stayed friends for this six-month period. And so maybe I was okay with being friends with you. But in my mind, like, I'm someone who goes, like, crazy. When I get rejected, like, it doesn't go well. It, I, get, I go into a very dark space, right? So, and I don't like when people send me into that. Like, I was talking to, a, I was literally talking to a guy just for, like, two weeks. And he was kind of flaky with responding to me. And the anxiety it gave me made me tell him I was no longer interested because I did not like how my brain got when I was worried about a guy texting me back. So if she was hurt by maybe you not being ready for it six months ago, she might have clocked that, been like, I don't think I like how my brain got when that happened. I don't want that to happen again. And she might now be like, oh, I'm not really down because I'm not trying to disrupt my peace. And that's totally fair as well. So if you're thinking like, oh, but she might change her mind. She might and she might not. She might have seen how she got and been like, oh, this is someone that might trigger me in a bad way. And the best you can do is, I don't know, if you have the capacity to be friends, keep being friends. If you don't, be honest with yourself and don't be her friend. 
That's what I would say. Yeah, and honestly, I would just say, girl, like, if someone wants to be with you, you're going to know. Yes. If they want to be with you, there's no fucking question. So if they leave you confused or, like, you don't know or, like, there's a possibility of something else, honestly, kind of fuck that. It doesn't mean that they're bad or that there's something wrong with them. It means that they're human. But it right. also means and that they you have stuff going on. Yeah, but it also means like why, like, prioritize your like your entire life around that. Hundred percent. And also, I know if you someone, and you're fucking dope, and you just deserve someone who's a hundred percent enthusiastic. And that's right. all I want to say. Yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah. Is that if someone really wants you, they're gonna make it happen. Mm-hmm. Enthusiastic and reciprocation. Is, that's the truth. That's why I tell all my girlfriends where they're like, "Oh, this guy's kind of hot and cold," and I'm like, "You want to know what you deserve?" enthusiastic reciprocation. Anything less is not worth pursuing. It's just not. Why waste our time chasing people? I wasted, and by the way, I'm not preaching as if I've never done this. I've wasted years chasing people. But now I'm just kind of like, I can't imagine a new person coming in, being hot and cold with me, and me chasing them. Why would I do that? That's just a waste of my energy. I want enthusiastic, like, someone who wants to be with me. And that's what we, literally all of us, every single one of us, deserves. If you like someone enough to irrevocably be with them, then they should... Feel the same. Yes. And make you you feel the same. same. Yeah. You should not be wondering if they reciprocate this. I don't know. And I understand. That's tough. That's that's hard. it's not possible. Yeah. It just means don't put... Your eggs all in one basket. I do think this person, this is also the first um, gay relationship they've had. So that makes it tougher. Because I don't think she, like, really liked most of the guys. You know, it makes, I and I and I can't relate to that part. So, like, I give the advice, but I'm, like, with a grain of salt, though. Because I, I can't imagine what it feels like for the first, But here's my you know, tea. <sighs> you would be better to answer that than me. With the gay relationship, just because it's gay, like... You don't want to be someone's experiment, or you don't want to. I guess she would be the one. Well, she's not experimenting. She knows she's gay. Exactly. This is her first gay relationship. That other person, I think, already knows. What I mean by this is that uh, I've dated a lot of people who I was their first girlfriend. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Because you can't, you can't like, how are you gonna like quantify or qualify that? Right. Because who knows? I know plenty of people who are straight, but they haven't had a relationship either. So yeah. It it's an excuse. It's not an explanation. So just because it's your first gay experience doesn't mean it's okay to be, like, for this person to make you feel completely confused. Yeah. Or, like, what's going on? Like, that comes with, like, a certain um, queerness in a relationship in which you're both figuring each other out. But that doesn't mean that that's okay. Yeah. To, like, keep someone in the dark or to make someone feel confused about what they want. I agree, yeah. I think it just comes with time. That's really good advice. It just That I could not have given. I like that. And it it doesn't mean that maybe one in a million someone's really worth it because it doesn't mean that they're just being bad to you. It just means it's really hard, and that's okay because being queer is fucking hard. And sometimes it's hard to have family that doesn't understand, and sometimes it's hard to have your first same-sex relationship and you don't understand like it doesn't take that away from them or from you what it means is that it can't be someone's complete excuse to treat you like shit Mm. 
and that's something to really consider. And I think I, I've had good experience with um, being with someone, and it's both of our first time, and someone's parents are really unaccepting, and they don't get it because you're their first person. I think it's each of our own responsibility to do the best we can to create a healthy environment for someone to come into your life. Oh, my God. Yes. And so I think this is on each of us to... That is something I think everyone should write down. It's each of our responsibility to create a healthy environment for someone to come into. No one is going to come in and save you from whatever you're confused, stressed, worried about. Create and and make it a goal. And and don't make it something that you judge yourself by, but make it a goal. Say, look, like I am going to create the healthiest environment for myself. Yes, for you first. And for my family. And yeah, this is a big thing in, in queer relationships is like, you know if you're bringing a partner into an unsafe or unhealthy or questionable environment, and that's not your fault. Don't beat yourself up, but just know like it might not be the most fair thing to bring someone into. Like do some self-work, do some family work, like, do work, no yeah. matter who you are, queer, not queer. Make, if you decide to have a partner and go all in, I would, my biggest advice is to make sure that it's fucking a healthy place to yeah. bring someone into. Oof, I love that. That is such a good place to end this podcast because this was, this was poignant. Girl, thank you so much. I'm going to have you on again. I know you have so much more to say. I have so much more to talk to you about. But this has been great. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Bad Sex Podcast. I will talk to you guys next week. Yes. Talk to you all soon. Thank you for having me. Bye.